0: Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 374 of the podcast with my marvelous guests, Caitlin Hugh and Stephanie Herb. They are co-creators, uh, writers, performers uh, with the new Facebook series Therapy with Pammy. I hope you get a kick out of it. I also hope everyone is doing well, taking care of yourselves, being safe as various things unroll and re-roll out and we're all still navigating all of this uh somehow this year has tumbled into summer basically i don't know how that happened but i am very excited to usher in the boys of summer portion of the podcast here very soon got some very fun episodes planned for you that i'm sure you will enjoy so enjoy this episode and i will talk at you soon How's everybody doing? How's everybody teening? I just decided to coin a never-to-be-used-again, never-before, (laughs) never-again term of teening. Well, we're
1: okay. We were just talking about how it forces you to sit and think about things you never think about. Like what Mm. Caitlin was discussing her dream couch just now. Oh, like if she could wow. have whatever couch she wants. Well, because
2: it's a high priority area right oh, now. Yes. You know, you have a lot of time to contemplate your couch and our dog just ripped up our bed sheets. And so I was like, oh well this is high this is essential. This is high priority. We need sure. to get bed sheets. Sure. This is where we live now. <laughs> so yeah. just dealing with the essentials, you know. How are you?
0: I'm good. I, I spend I mean, if I'm not working on a show, I'm I spend a lot of time at home anyway and so there's but there has definitely been stuff that I kind of thought like oh I'm always here anyway and I already work from home on the podcast and all this other stuff so I already know how to you know how to adapt like I'm not even gonna have to adapt that much to certain things that was not the case like even even just and maybe that you've experienced this too I'm, I'm I'm experiencing the kind of thing that I also experience when I go out of town and live out of town for a while, uh, be it a week or four weeks or whatever. And I come back and I look around at everything and go, "Boy, I got a I got a lot of necklaces. <laughs> like, why do I have so many necklaces? <laughs> I don't need all these necklaces, you know." And that it's the same with this. Like, I'm walking. Like, when you when you're not dressing up to go out or audition or whatever. You know, I just look at stuff. I'm like, God, I thought I had just recently like purged a bunch of stuff. But now I'm like, do I need one- more rings than one ring? Like, you know, just a lot like that. How about you guys?
1: Right before this all hit the fan, I moved. So I ended up uh, donating probably 35 to 40% of my possessions. And yet moving into the house... I even was floored at how much crap I have. Yeah. So much crap. And and indeed, costume jewelry, which is essentially worthless, <laughs> I have a ton of. Yeah. And I maybe wear it. I don't wear earrings. I don't even wear rings. So why do I have all this? For yeah. the occasional party where I wear a cocktail ring? And now there are no parties. So it just kind of... Actually, I saw something online where someone bought a dressmaker's dummy and hung all their jewelry on it and put all their brooches on it and it kind of became art rather than jewelry yep. so i i did that Oh and did so you really? That's what my jewelry. Ooh. Yeah, i did. It it looks really pretty. Yeah. Well, it's better than being in a drawer, i think. Yeah, so now i walk by and i go, "Oh, that's sparkly. It may not be on my body, but at least it's <laughs> doing something, you know."
0: Yeah. It's making that dressmaker's dummy feel very flashy and fabulous as well.
1: She's ready to step out, and because she has no immune system issues, she can. That's right.
0: (laughs) That's right. The world is her oyster. Yes. God, how many movies and television shows are just going to be interpretations of stuff like that for the next five years. It's going to be like, this is a show. Now there's the twist on this guys. Everyone has an avatar and the avatars are all interacting And the blah, blah, blah. No, here's a different show. This is everyone has a robot double and the robot doubles go out into the world. And are like, there's going to be so many interpretations. I have a friend who's a
1: rather well-known playwright in New York city and she got COVID and almost didn't make it. She was very sick for a very long time. And I said, well, now you have your COVID play all ready to go, I'm sure. And she goes, there are going to be so many COVID plays. Oh. I will never touch that <laughs> subject matter with a 10-foot pole. She's going to go the opposite direction because it's, it's just going to be what we're all obsessed with, I think, for years to come.
2: Yeah, yeah. We need we need the art to process it. Yeah, we need the stories That's and true. just to like relive it from a safe dif- distance. Yeah. Well, Caitlin,
1: Caitlin is a very talented singer, and I bet you will come up with some beautiful songs about this weird time and your couch.
2: Yeah, actually, my bandmate, my bandmate just wrote a song called "Let's Play House." There you go. <laughs> which kind of talks because he's marooned with um his partner um they don't live together they actually live in different states and he ended up crash landing with her Uh and uh because like the flight started getting canceled and he couldn't make it back to LA and so um they're like living together for the first time and it's been fun to hear about their adventures together of crash landing and quarantine and uh, it's a really sweet little song, so that will probably come out soon, and I'll probably end up singing. That's it, awesome. So.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have not been keeping up with. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very bad at social media, and I have not been keeping up with sort of everyone's different ways of the the art, you know, the artists, everybody's different ways of kind of expressing and processing in the moment what's happening. But agreed uh, with you guys that the post artistic expression. I think it's going to have a very different face, right? Then then that's oh, like the, the perspective that we that we get as we come away from an event is so, often so so different um depending on how far away you are from it and and you know just how much time you've had to process and then then the stuff that we sort of react to in the moment, which is also important, right? But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. How are you guys feeling about the sort of like cautious, you know, dipping a toe into, okay, how, you know, what, what is real world gonna, what is, what are we doing? (laughs) Let's make some.
1: Well, I think, you know, we were just talking about that, uh, that we're just not sure.
0: We don't know what
1: to expect. There's so much conflicting information and bullshit, if you will, that it's hard (laughs) to know. If wearing masks and walking about is okay, or some people I know are actually having people over to their house and that feels excessive to me. And it's all going to be a personal adventure because some people are like, I'm indestructible, but I've known people who've had this thing. And you get so sick. Oh
0: my I, god! I don't. Yeah. I don't wish to go there. Right. I do not want to go yeah. there. Right. I don't have. I don't know anyone. At least, not that has been made known to me. You know, it may be that like somebody I haven't talked to in a while, I find out had it or something. But I have not had any uh, one-on-one interactions with anybody who has had it, or who at least who has had it. Yeah, I think I know one person who tested positive after the fact or for antibodies or, you know, something and we're like, or were asymptomatic and we're like, what? Um, which is a whole other thing, like the idea that you could be asymptomatic in one place and then another person is direly sick. It's just all very, exactly very troubling. And as
2: an artist, I feel like, I feel like I, you know, we're all working different jobs and trying to make ends meet and stuff. And like, so many people in this country, like, we can't afford to get sick. Like, we just really can't afford it. Like, no yeah. one can afford it to get sick. And so I'm going to be very cautious. I'm going to take every precaution just because, you know, and I, I don't, like, have any dependents besides two fur babies, but it's <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very real. Yeah. It's very real, yeah. that aspect of it. So I intend t- to take every Caution, oh, for sure, for sure. And
1: Caitlin and I are very lucky that we finished shooting and editing our show before all this happened, because it has given us something to do while we're sitting around at home. Because yeah. we were uh, loading up our sixteen episodes and bleeding them out over the last couple of months, and. Otherwise, I think I would have gone purely insane because there's nothing to focus on as an actor. Yeah. There's a lot of Zoom readings and things, but those just don't scratch the itch very well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, it's not the same. Well, why don't you tell, tell us about the, the show a little bit, too? Because now I, I'm trying to be a better host where sometimes I uh i because i talk to people about their teenage years i uh, somehow like (laughs) neglect to talk about something until the very end and then people are like yeah thanks for Mm -hmm. mentioning a thing i was curious about and then i just had to wait until the end of the podcast to know what the fuck you were talking about so uh, (laughs) let's dive in let's hear about let's hear about the show
2: yeah well i love your podcast and how it's about the adolescence and actually just listening to it a little bit leading up to this got me thinking about so many things from middle school (laughs) and high school that I can't wait to dive into later. Whoa. And that's like not territory I go into often because it was so painful (laughs) and strange and hard and weird and confusing no matter where you were on the landscape of things. But um, yeah, so Stephanie and I co-created a show called Therapy with Pammy. And it was born out of improvising backstage doing theater, which we love and we cannot wait to do again when it's safe. Absolutely. Um, we're, both, we're both members at the Road Theater Company, and we were doing a world premiere of a new play by Jamie Branley. And um, I have had this character, Pammy, for probably 10 years, uh, and she tends to come out when there are bright lights and makeup mirrors. <laughs> And Stephanie discovered her backstage. And-, and I basically got a hairbrush and I was like, this character is so
1: odd. I must ask her questions. <laughs> so I started uh, doing a basic talk show. Every night I'd ask her a pointed question and she would answer and it would, and hilarity would ensue. And <laughs> I started recording them and posting them on Facebook and people were losing their minds. So I was like... as I've been an actress for a very long time and I realized I wanted to start making content myself because it's just not always, I don't always have access to what I would love to be doing.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I
1: do enjoy making people laugh. And so I asked Caitlin if she'd like to try to make a TV show. And she said, yes. And then she's incredibly good at, uh, Crowdsourcing people of talent to help. We can of-
2: call it producing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. oh, there you producing. She's
1: a <laughs> she's a
2: boss babe producer. I think that's what That's, she, right. uh, that's what I'm she is. Stepping into the big. I'm stepping into the big girl pants. That's right. right now. That's right. And um, yeah, I have been producing uh, my own music videos for. I had produced four different music videos over the years and. I release my music and I work with producers who do the actual audio recording of my music, but then the videos were so fun and I was I, d- I was intimidated to work with sound, so I'd just been doing music videos and they're very they're a very forgiving format and sort of teaching myself filmmaking through mm. that. And then um then Pammy came along and it was like, "Okay, this is something we could do. We can isolate it in one location, keep it simple, get some friends together, call in some favors." Come out with a fun little beat sheet of things that Pammy might want to discover in therapy. I had actually just come out of a year in talk therapy and. I couldn't help but think as I was in my therapist's office, like sometimes laying on the couch, but it also felt very dramatic to be laying on the couch. (laughs) But some days I was so tired. I was like, can I just lay down and just talking about things and being like, gosh, these are such good monologues. I think
1: the other thing that's interesting about Pammy is she's very much stuck at maybe 11 years old, wouldn't she think? She's not really, she's not a fully developed human. So... The Dr. L's, a lot
2: there. Dr. <laughs> L's
1: goal is to help her grow up. And, you know, Caitlin and I are by no means anti-therapy. We both have had great assistance from it. We've also had That's weird situations where the therapist <laughs> is loony. I had a situation where a therapist fell asleep while I was talking to her. Oh, so, God, what a classic.
0: We, but the, <laughs> What a classic, but <laughs> yeah, a thing we, you're like,
1: that would never happen in real life. Guess what? It totally happens. We have a tiny blooper episode where... Dr. L, my character falls asleep. Um, but we just found that it was a way, a sort of life affirming way to make people laugh and also make fun of an iconic character type that we have in our culture right now, which is the socialite influencer. But yet she's a real person who might need a lot oh, of help. Right, you know? right, <laughs> yeah. right.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I, I... I love everything you're saying. One of the things that um, I don't know why this this kind of stuck with me. Uh, I love I love the idea of of doing something that's intimidating. But 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 if there's a way to do it that removes like one factor that like you were talking about the difference between editing sound and editing a music video where you have this capacity to be working with a pre-existing track that you know, allows you to kind of throw out one of those things that feel so intimidating about, about filmmaking. Um, and, and, and then that becomes like the gateway into, okay, well now all of the other stuff that also maybe was intimidating to begin with, I had a chance to get to know on in in a more friendly way kind of, and then to be Mm -hmm. able to introduce that next piece. Um, It just that just struck me because I thought, what a what a wonderful thing for people to think about uh, that I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to think about, which is this idea of like, here's this one thing I'm interested in. I better get really good at every aspect of it as soon as possible with a sense of real urgency so that I lose all joy in it Uh, rather than (laughs) rather than like, well, wait a minute, let me think this through. Like, it's sort of funny because we I guess we live in a culture of such technology and such immediacy that um, that we see other people be good at stuff especially in that realm and kind of go oh well things are advanced to the point now where, like how could I learn you know I don't I'm a Luddite or mm-hmm. and 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 that I don't know that just really struck me it really inspired me like well what's a thing what's a thing that you think would be fun that could, could you could you learn a piece of it that's you know that's a part of the whole the whole picture so to speak but but then you know sort of let yourself come into it a little bit more
2: um gently do you know yeah, I just think it's really about baby steps. And as a creative, like Stephanie, I really feel like, you know, I don't get to be cre- – like, I I just feel like as an actor, we only get to do our thing like 5% of the time, right. you know, unless we're like a series regular. And even then, it's like – I didn't realize that, you know, you make a feature film and then you do press for right. a year. And, you're, you know, I didn't really get the cycle of things. And so – there's I have so much creative energy and I want to try things and yet there are these tools you have to learn how to use like you got to learn how to like – if you want to be creating on your own and I do know actors that are like, nope, I want to act and then when I'm not acting, I want to work in my garden and wait tables and like I don't want to do anything else and I totally respect yeah. that. But for me, I just have this really deep hunger and I have like more ideas than I can even metabolize and I love collaborating and working with people and I love pushing my growing edge and yeah, like just starting in a, in a way that's small, like those music videos where they could be a little poetic. I didn't have to match up frame for frame. I could play with different images. We could just shoot at three different locations and kind of cut it together interestingly with the beat and like move something and learn how to tell story in pictures. And the and interesting like, thing is I think yeah. Caitlin
1: and I come from completely different parts of our careers. Caitlin is... Mm. Uh, You know, from a technological background, you're... I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. (laughs) I've been acting for a living for 25 years. And 10 years ago, it wouldn't even have popped in my head that I could make something because it wasn't until the smartphone and all of this equipment people can have access to in their laptop, that people could start making high quality things. So I Mm. came to LA when nobody was making their own shit. Nobody was doing that. You were waiting for your audition and you were going in to read for NCIS. And as we all know, as women, We are often limited by what we look like as well. Now, I may look like an all-American housewife to a lot of casting directors, but I'm indeed quite an odd human being. (laughs) And I really, I don't enjoy playing the sad or nice mom all the time. And that was pretty much my bread and butter so it was probably about four or five years ago, I was talking to another actress who was really fed up with being constricted by what she looks like. And that was when I made the commitment. I wanted to make female-based content and I wanted to play whatever I wanted to play. You know, I wrote a mm. pilot where I was a woman who was just released out of prison who had anger issues.
0: Do I get to read for that out in the real mm, world? Yeah.
1: Not so much. Woman, you're speaking my was, language.
0: I really feel you since I <laughs> yeah, look like yeah. a blonde soccer mom.
1: Exactly. And totally. and there are people who do not play blonde soccer moms who would kill to play a blonde know, soccer moms. <laughs> mom. Yeah. And who could do really well at it? And I would love to play a badass who shoot people, shoots people with guns, or you know, or any number of things. A spy. <laughs> I actually, after we finished therapy with Pammy, I shot, shot a bunch of shorts because I'm just going to keep doing it. And I played a pioneer woman, and I played a ghost, and I played a spy nice. because that's what I want to play.
0: Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, everyone! It's I, John Hodgman, of the Judge John Hodgman Podcast, and I, Elliot Kalen of the Flophouse Podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a twelve-episode special mini-series called I Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome
2: called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart, and his son, non-Sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Daniel, you'll get there someday. I, Claudius is the name of the
0: show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: did you guys both come from theater backgrounds in school and stuff through and through I didn't start working on film basically till I graduated from UCLA just because it I mean it wasn't in the curriculum it wasn't in the program and the theater school was so rigorous that we couldn't we didn't have time yeah. to work with the film school which was such a miss like it could have been really cool but I did get like I booked a UCLA thesis film like the The week after i graduated you know (laughs) so um yeah just yeah so it's been pretty recent you know working in film but yeah theater since i was seven and same for you stephanie i played you know i
1: started doing plays outside of school i think i played paul bunyan's father in sixth grade
2: um, <laughs> but then I I think I played I played Oliver Twist's grandfather see I didn't know that a famous you did dude's dudes and you
0: guys we complain f- that you get you get typecast listen these are the kinds of roles people would kill for
1: <laughs> but basically Oliver I was grandfather I went to SMU in Dallas and was going to be a doctor so I have a biology and English degree but deep down all I wanted to do was act so I auditioned for the theater department got in But I'm stuck in Dallas where the entree to show business, either film or theater, was pretty hard to do. So I completely blindly went to New York and started doing regional theater and did that for about six or seven years till I realized that. Doing theater in New York means you're going to be poor.
0: <laughs> yeah. Doing a lot of things in yeah. New York can mean you're going to be poor. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I would go see Broadway shows and everyone on stage was a TV or a film star. And I was like, well, that's, that's what I want to do. So maybe mm-hmm. I need to go to L.A. So I drove to mm-hmm. L.A. by myself with no connections whatsoever and kind of started from ground zero out here
0: amazing. I know, right? And 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 were you from the the Texas area, Stephanie, before or did you just, No. Uh...
1: My dad was a classical composer and a professor of music theory and composition of That's some true. renown, so we moved all the time. Uh-huh. He would be teaching a year at uh, you know, USC or he'd be teaching a funded chair at SMU and he was at SMU when I was applying to colleges, and it was a free ride situation, which you have trouble saying no to. Sure. So, totally. uh, but they ended up having. I had a great education, and I wasn't even thinking of taking a the doing a theater degree at the time. I was going to be a doctor, yeah. uh, and then it just became clear to me because of fate that I was really not going to be happy unless I was acting and I imagine my 80 year old self on a in a rocking chair on the porch going well I was a pediatrician but I really wanted to be an actor and I was like that sucks I don't want to be that old lady so
0: yeah so where were you were you bopping around all through your high school years to where you didn't really get to settle in and kind of make a bunch of friends and all school years.
1: Yeah. I was like in seventh grade, I was in Bloomington, Indiana. When I was 11, I was out here in South Pasadena. Um, you know, I feel like I learned to adapt, but I also, you know, uh, it was not fun. (laughs) I was often a social Mm -hmm. outcast because I was coming into established groups and I was new. So I often just found another outcast to be friends with. And I think that's why I'm an actor, really. I feel like a lot of university and army brats are also actors because you learn to adapt to different situations sure. and survive sure. by those wits.
0: Yeah. I When I think about friends of mine and people who've been on the podcast who've been in your situation, especially in... I mean, for sure, no matter what time of, of your your upbringing it is, because you are very much out of control of your own situation in so many ways. Um, when I think Ooh. about just the level of energy it took for me to feel to just start a new school year even at the school I already was going to, even with friends I already had, the amount of nervous energy, the amount of like, oh, my new classes, ugh, my new schedule, like, you know, this, this person that I had a crush on who doesn't like me, I'm going to have to see them or whatever. All of that stuff was was, I think of it and I feel so exhausted and the idea of going into a new school on a regular basis and trying to... Um, crack that, you know, sort of social wall of the shell of people and, who are in yeah. their, that tire that makes me tired just to talk about. So and not only uh, that, but it was like culturally drastically different because mm.
1: I part of the years I was in Cleveland, which is a very racially diverse city kind of area. Then we would be in Bloomington, Indiana. And I came home from school and said, there are no black people. Yeah. Where are the black people? Yeah. I was like, really upset. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And, uh, and it's, you know, you learn that this country is vast and strangely, mm. strangely, uh, striated, you know, uh, and not always of in different
2: a different pockets. Yeah.
1: Lots of different pockets. And I lived in a lot of them.
2: Wow. Yep. I love this because I'm learning
0: about you, Stephanie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know well, that. Okay, what about you? Did you stay in one spot for your high school years? Yeah. So I'm kind of the opposite, actually. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area right. in Mountain nice. View, which people did not used to know what Mountain View right. was actually, when I went to college, people would be like, where are you from? I'm like, Mountain View. It's like south of the San Francisco Bay Area, and people would be like, yeah, we know. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> it's the Silicon Valley now. But, but I I never, like, yeah, it was a bizarre experience when I didn't have to, like, explain right. that anymore. But yeah, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, Mountain View, and, like, walked to elementary school, rode my bike to middle school, walked to mm. high school. Oh, wow. Um, like, very quintessential sub suburb, life, you know, basically just missing the white picket fence, uh, two brothers, parents, golden retrievers, the whole deal, (laughs) Um, and had like a very rich, um, the the arts funding is really, really great in that area. And so I had really amazing uh, choir directors, I had a really amazing uh, high school drama teacher, Ron Heising, who just like totally took me to the next level. And it's probably the reason why I'm here in LA right now. Cause I think when I started high school, I wanted to be a nun or like a nurse. <laughs> <mess>. Oh, <Whoa. So, laughs> wow. We don't, we, I don't know if we'll have time to unpack that. I don't, but. I don't, I don't know how we'll have time not to. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, and then it just, yeah, it became this very, it was a very nurturing environment where, uh, but even though, you know, I didn't move around a lot, in, in a weird way, I actually felt like, in a strange way, I felt like I didn't have a solid place, even though I was it was all very stable, because I was kind of like this social butterfly situation. I, I played sports, I was a total jock, and then I did theater, and then I sang, and then we had a really, like, a robust, like, family life, so I was with my family a lot, and so... It was just kind of like I didn't quite know exactly where I fit in. But now that I'm in L.A., I really feel like I'm with my people, Mm. like everybody speaks my language here or a lot of people do, I I should say. And it's a lot of people that have come from all over the world, really all over the world to be here in this space. And it it really feels like a city of angels. I mean, I moved here when I was 17, went to UCLA and then I just I've never left and um I absolutely love it here, I love the people, I love the culture, I love how creative it is. And I was missing a little bit of that diversity, a little bit of all these different unique voices Um, when I was in the suburbs, I would
0: say. Well, too, and I, I, I think I, I mean, I really understand what you're saying about feeling like maybe when you're floating in that way, it's you're, it it certainly isn't that you're being punished for it in any way, but, um, there are definitely things I think we can, a lot of us can relate to the idea of if we didn't have our one thing that was ours, right, that belonged to us because it was what we were putting a hundred percent into in school, um, Maybe sometimes there would be a bunch of different pockets of people that you could fit in nicely with, but it also could be a group of people who would get together without you because you Mm. always had this other thing that you were also doing. And so you would, you know, you can find out like, oh, these guys all went to a movie and you're like, oh, well, I was... OK, so I'm not really and I'm not I don't mean to to suppose about you, but I think it is something that people go through. I certainly went through a little bit of that myself, yeah. which was like, oh, I see. So if I had just settled in to this community, I mm-hmm. would be a part of this kind of family for better or for worse. Right. Because it can get very insular. Yeah. But because I haven't been able to settle and I'm running around and, and liking to do these different things, um, I don't necessarily feel like. I belong in the same way I perceive the rest of this community to belong to itself. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I feel like theater is also, for me, I will only speak for myself, but maybe for Caitlin as well. It is like finding your portable family. If it works out well the show that we did together was everybody loved each other. And when it was over, we were all kind of stricken with yeah. like, now what do we do? And we, I think closing night, we stayed in the theater drinking till three in the morning. Cause nobody wanted to say goodbye to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, but that's what
2: you see I seek. definitely felt that the theater became my – fan, like, it really became the place I rooted into. And it didn't happen until basically the end of high school. I was on the varsity volleyball team. I was in a choir. We toured every year. And then I also was in the theater. And you're exactly right, Janet, with the – like the social butterfly thing and like not really belonging, and I was like late to volleyball practice, so I couldn't start. And I was a starter, mm. and I was like, "Well, who am I if I'm mm. not the starting setter?" <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And then, but then it really was like it settled into like, "Oh, I am a theater. Like, I am here in the theater. Like, these are my people." And what I think is cool about theater people is that in a way, a lot of us are misfits or or like mm. that. Um, and we all get like instant family really well. Like maybe it's because we get story or we get character and we're like, okay, you're coming in. You're the sidekick. Okay, <laughs> you're the leader. Okay, you're this, you're that. And we just really know how to delegate roles, if you will, and, and create little communities. Um, it's so the funny because my high school, I was completely
1: an outcast. Like I, yeah. I, well, I was very overweight till I was about 16. So that doesn't help, doesn't help anything yet. at oh. all. But I was an academic weirdo and I would wear top hats to school or, oh a, a, you know, a blue velvet <laughs> blazer for no reason at all. I just definitely uh, marched to my own drum and occasionally would find a person like me, but mostly I was a loner. And also because I popped from school to school, it was sort of you know reinforced by that whole trajectory. Um, but I think it's so interesting to learn about where other people came from, and yeah. and then work with them in a production like therapy with Pammy. I think Caitlin, and I really balance each other out really well, Mm -hmm. because her skills and my skills are completely different, completely different.
0: Yeah. And that's what makes a good team. Yeah. I love also, I think there's something not to say that this, this, I think this, I mean, this is obviously very reductive to say about younger people, but, um, I think a lot of the time, because we're trying to figure out who we are when we're younger and we're trying to figure out what we're good at and what makes us special. Um, it can be intimidating to be with, to, to sort of be with somebody who, is maybe great at something that you just aren't as great at for one reason or another, whether it's an aptitude or a choice or, you know, circumstance, whatever it is. Um, I think, I, I think many of us are reluctant to, to acknowledge like, oh, thank God, this person is amazing at this thing that I'm not amazing at, because together we can make something wonderful, rather than like, oh I I don't know I feel kind of weird that this person is so good at this thing and uh, I'm not and, and what is, does that mean people are going to look at this and go well thank God they're good at such and such because obviously I'm not you know what I mean like all of those sort of yeah. those crazy puzzles and conversations and loops that we get in in our own minds that no one else is thinking about that keep us from those collaborations that you know th- the more mature and the more comfortable with your own skin and knowing like you can't be perfect in everything nor should you be and the more that you realize like oh if I build a community of people around me who are really good at stuff and hopefully we're all great at some of the same stuff but all obviously hopefully some of these people are way better at me than some of these other things I can that I can do like we're all going to be lifted up by that
1: yeah and the key thing and this is something Caitlin and I work on constantly is acknowledging each other because mm. when you're in a team like we don't have a contract together we're just doing this because we want to do this but you really have to be very clear who's doing what and and value what they do mm. and because as soon as one of you feels not valued or ignored or whatever then everything gets wonky so it works totally. best when there's extreme clarity between you know, partners like that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and when I when I was in the play with Stephanie and I was watching her, she had a really interesting character that had a lot of traps. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was like blown away watching Stephanie navigate, like falling into stereotype or falling into trope, which I feel like is kind of one of my gifts is falling into stereotype, which is like Pammy in a way. Um, But obviously, I wanted to learn how to bring nuance into a stereotype. And I feel like that's what Stephanie did really well in the play. And I was like, okay, I need to hang out with this lady who knows comedy and knows how to make really interesting, unique choices. Mm. And yeah, constantly trying to put myself on teams where – people know – have other very different skills than me. And I just think it takes a certain level of self-awareness yes. of like, okay, this is – I'm Caitlin. What am I good at? Okay, great. Do that. And then let – and then really, because I'm also a borderline control freak, <laughs> like when, when you are on a team with other people that have other skills – It's like, great, then let them do their job, okay? (laughs) Like, am I gonna edit this? No, then let Michael edit it and he will do an amazing job and he did. Yeah, we have an amazing
1: editor. (laughs) I think the other aspect of making stuff is finances. Like we've had to really, everybody deals with money in a different way and we've had to figure out how to navigate how much things cost because it was very important for me to make it a union contract. And that makes it a much more expensive <laughs> endeavor. So we've had to really navigate paying for things together. And we have different livelihoods and a different way of looking at money. And uh, I think we've navigated it really well thus far. I think so
0: too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. You're such work wives and I absolutely love those relationships. I know we are. I love <laughs> no chronicling those relationships. Two things I want to make sure um, I touch back on Um which are one for each of you about your high school years. I think, Caitlin, you know what I'm going to say. I need to hear a little bit oh more God. about your feeling of a uh, calling of a vocation that is uh, on the nonyular side, not a word. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and and then, Stephanie also. I, I I don't know if this is a question as much as just maybe a statement, but I'll put it in a question form. Um, do, it, it sounds to me like, you know, again, this sort of idea of you being out of control of where you went. And again, that's no, you know, smear on your wonderful dad or your family or anything like that, but just the circumstances being that the response potentially to having to go into a new environment and and not. And, and feeling like, Oh my God, this again, how am I going to, you know, insinuate myself or what's this going to be like that? What a, what a, what a power move, what a power move to go. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try. I'm going to wear a top hat. And if somebody <laughs> loves that, then they're going to come to me. Or do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's a really yeah. empowering thing to do as a young person, even if on some level it might be defensive or protective, Um, ultimately you made the, you know, you know, you make the decision to not try to be what, to not come into an environment and go, uh, how do I, okay, what jeans should I put on real quick? Uh, dad, please take me to the gap now because everyone's blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like to, to just go, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this my way. Um, I think is a really strong, uh, decision for, for a young person.
1: I don't think it was a conscious decision though. Yeah. I think Mm. it was like me kind of going, this is, this makes me happy to wear a top hat to school, you know, and so I did it. Or a lot of times I think I was, especially in high school, because if you're, we all know high school is a very, can be a very mean place. So if you're a bit of an oddball, or if you get straight A's or whatever, you may be the butt of jokes and some not so happy situations, as I was, Mm. Um, I learned how to put up a kind of angry front, yep. I think. You know, I wore all black a lot. Um, I scowled. I think I probably needed Botox by the time I was 17 because <laughs> all I did was frown, you know. And, and yet I was also incredibly inspired by my teachers. I loved adults. I had great, I mean, I was very driven Uh, academically. And I had amazing role models and people who cared about my work. So I bonded less with my fellow students and more with my teachers. Um, And that is not to say that I was a teacher's pet, but I just understood them. They were clear. I didn't understand, especially boys with all the hormones and their frontal lobes not being developed. I was like, boys are weird and they can't stop staring at my boobs. And, you know, (laughs) it just was not a happy place for me to be around boys very much. Um, and and some of the more catty girls, I just didn't understand that. Like, if you didn't wear the right clothes, nobody would talk to you. I'm like, what? I, it, it didn't mm, compute. Yeah. My brain just didn't compute that way. So mm. I don't think it was me going, hey, fuck all you guys. Excuse my French. Can I say that on your show? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She has the E, the explicit. Yeah. I guess. okay. I already dropped uh, it. Like, I, can, I, can, sure. yeah. <laughs> I can wear my my blue velvet blazer and carry a whip to school if I want to. You know, it was it was more like that yeah. than it was uh here's here's how I'm going to set myself apart. Sure. It was kind of it was a little bubble of expression,
0: probably. Sure. Did you end up dating at all or were the was everybody were the guys just? Oh my god. Okay.
1: This is such Let's a weird this is a weird tale. Okay, so I was in choir at school and uh one of the girls who was my friend had just broken up with a boy from another school, but she said she had mentioned to this boy that I was stacked, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time oh because I was so naive. And so out of the blue this boy called me. He said my friend Anne says you're really good looking and And I had never had anything to do with boys, period, nothing. And I was 15 and a half and just getting off being really overweight from like 11 to 15. And I would not let him, he wanted to hang out at a park or something. And he just kept calling me, which is weird. That would be stalking now. But I was just kinda, he was funny. He made me laugh. He liked a lot of the same things I did and he was friends with my friend, Ann. So eventually, I told him that I didn't think I was pretty enough and that he wouldn't want to oh. be my friend. Isn't that sad? But it was exactly oh. what I said. I said, you won't like me when you see what I look like. Oh, um, so he, oh. He, oh my God. I'm going no, I So, But, you know, it's hard. Being a teenager is horrible. Wow. So basically, he rode his bike to my neighborhood, which was not I – I didn't even go to the same high school. He went to the rich kids' high school, and I went to the poor kids' high school. He drove to my house – left a note under the car's tire that was in front of my house, hid in a bush. He called from a gas station because no one had cell phones. And then he hid in a bush and watched me pick up the envelope from under the car, called me back and he said, I really like your blue sweatsuit and your hair is really pretty. Can we go on a date? <laughs> and so... What
2: yeah. drive?
1: What? What? No, he he was driving driving high
2: intention. And his
1: dad was like the fancy pants newscaster in Cleveland. Mm. And his mother picked, I finally said, yes, So we went out for hamburgers and his mother had to drive because he couldn't drive yet. Um, So his mother was gorgeous. Like she was part Cherokee Indian and stunning and had the most fabulous clothes I've ever seen. Drove us to like TGI (laughs) Friday. And I sat there and I was terrified to even look at him. I didn't, I had no idea how to behave on a date. And anyway, he never left me alone. And that was my first.
0: Oh my God. It is, it's such a slippery slope. It's so like, well, on one hand, you would never have actually gone out with him had he not written you a note and then hidden in a bush and spied on you. Go in, yes. but like. On now, the other and, hand, yeah. Now you hear that, and and nowadays so, yeah, I think nowadays, my parents would have called the police. Exactly, you he'd know, be beauty right now. He would just straight up. Yes, be exactly. A <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah Kate, Caitlin, what, yes. what about you? So the nun thing. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was really torn between being a nun or a nurse. My mom's a nurse; she delivers babies, and she's awesome. And um. The nun thing was really like, I've always been a very spiritual child, like always very connected to the spirit world. I I did like going to church um because I liked singing in the big room with all the stained glass and like a bunch of people singing together. I really liked that. Um, and then I think that there was also, I, I also really enjoyed talking to God. Like I would pray a mm-hmm. lot and um, I had like a first Holy Communion and um, I got like a special necklace with a guardian angel on it. And my mom's very Catholic and was always like telling me about Jesus and God. Like they were real, you know, like they're real people in our she family or that we like knew. So I definitely had this very I've always had a a relationship with sort of the unseen or the unknown or the spirit world and always felt like I was in connection with like talking to spirits and I was very like moved by Pocahontas I was actually just talking about this with my childhood friend about like The spirit of Mother Earth and how you can see it in that Disney movie. And I would sing Colors of the Wind like all the time at any family gathering, maybe like, Caitlin, get up and sing Colors of the Wind. And uh, we were just talking about that, like, image of her diving off the cliff and just all the leaves and everything. And Grandmother Willow. Like, I thought trees are alive, you know. And so that was sort of the Catholic Church was just sort of my introduction to the spirit world and then Pocahontas. And then I have since branched out from there. And it's a much more, like, broad, encompassing view of spirituality, and I practice yoga and meditation now, and I'm into that. So I guess it's kind of what I've always been into. But I think that there was like the darker stuff tied up in that was like being good, Mm. being pure, like being a virgin was like a big deal. And um wrestling with that and wanting to be good and pure and I was very afraid to like go to hell mm-hmm. like you know just all this stuff was sure. it was very sure. real to sure. me but then I I started like taking history classes and learning about what the church had done and what we yeah. had done to the native people and all this stuff and I was like okay no no this is not if there's a god this is not what god wants right. <laughs> you know so I had kind of an awakening and then also I was like you know sex really shouldn't be a sin guys like, outside of wedlock. Yeah. So that was kind of the thing that made me be like, you know, I don't think I can be a nun. Because I did have a, a high school boyfriend. I had, like, this total high school sweetheart and who I was, like, super in love with. And um, he was on the water polo team and I was on the volleyball team. Again, just, like, suburbia vomit. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, and then, of course, like, the nurse – the part of me that wanted to be a nurse was I saw how my mom took care of things. And I saw how smart she was. And I saw how people would come to her and call her with things. And she has a very, she calls her, we have a Hispanic lineage in my family, even though I don't look like it. But um, she calls herself Bruja, which means witch in Spanish. And like, she just has these hands that like, when they touch you, you feel like, energy Mm -hmm. in them and she's sort of like on the curandera vibe of of uh witchcraft Mm -hmm. I would say which where she's like making soups and healers yeah a real kitchen witch healer type of of woman and so uh that's kind of the connection I have with my mom and the whole element of nursing of like taking care of people being a wise woman people coming to you for advice or you know just personal things that you can't really talk about with anybody. And then, of course, you know, as a child, she would tell me stories of, you know, how babies come into the world and, you know, how women carry babies in their belly. And it was just this very mystical, magical thing to me that my mom had such a intense and profound knowledge of that I really admired and thought was so cool. And now I kind of think that music and theater is a type of medicine. Mm-hmm. I really see it that way. And I see a similar vein of how people come to the theater to be healed. And people, like I've told I people call me and tell me they're like put on my song and like cry and it moves them or just different things like that. I'm like, "Oh, this is a different kind of medicine." And so I, I'm not my mom. I'm a different person, but uh, I think those were the things. And I do find I find a lot of spiritual connection in any role I play. I feel like I get informed by them and they show me things and it reveal things to me. So it's all very sort of mystical. And every process is so different. Every role, every project. So I'm kind of dealing in the in the spirit world also. Hi, Caitlin, can I tell her my nickname for oh, you? Please. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: I call her my baby witch. Oh,
2: I love it. I love it. I enjoy witchcraft. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break.
0: I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun.
2: Judge John Hodgman won a Webby in the comedy podcast category. After 10 years of production, Judge John Hodgman has finally won the Susan Lucci of the Webbys. What is Judge John Hodgman? Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is machine gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And I want to make sure that we get some time to be playful about our MASH games, because that takes double the time, too, in a good way, um, when when there are two people uh, on the podcast at once. So... I want to um, jump into that so that we can have some fun discovering some of these answers uh, with you wonderful ladies. So let's do, uh, let's do our first category. Let's do, uh, let's do uh, each one of you give me three plays and certainly they can be the exact same ones or totally different or some overlap, but three plays uh, and, and three roles uh, that, that it would be super super fun to play and I don't care if you're supposed to be a man or you're supposed to be five years old or you're supposed to be we're creating this alternate universe in which all of that is sort of suspended and you get the chance to play whatever you want so three three roles and the plays that they're from
2: I can start with one which is I want to do Kate again in the taming uh, I played Kate and I want to do it again Awesome. <laughs> I feel like that's just gonna be when I play my whole life what about you Steph uh i think i would
1: like to play lady or mr Macbeth. great Ooh. either one of them great. i feel like the shakespeare is always what i think about doing but lately i have a couple friends doing gender balanced shakespeare productions they're sort of adapting and i feel like the male roles generally rock more than the females. totally
2: i did a Shakespeare shakespearean
1: drag yeah i played beatrice in much ado and i think she's wonderful but i kind of been there done that so well, let's give I you mean, i even, think let's
2: give you but then let's give you macbeth
0: instead of lady because because uh, okay. that that if that feels a little more um like it was a little more hard to reach, especially growing up and stuff. Let's 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 toss that in there. Um now listen, okay. the next one you give me could be Lady Macbeth. I, that's up to you. But um what are what are your second ones? Whew. And by the um, way, these are like what you're feeling right now. I don't want you to feel like you've married your the rest of your no, life to these. So for the rest yes. of I know. <laughs>
2: These questions are actually always very hard for me because I just, I, I, I don't want to dream too big. <laughs> you um, better. You better. That's my only, I'm charging
0: you with dreaming big. Yeah.
2: Um, I love working on, I don't know what, this is hard too, because we, are, we work with a lot of um, emerging playwrights that are writing stuff about what's happening right now. And I'm just loving that, like, there's this one play I'm workshopping right now. I'm just going to add this into Great. the mix, even though I don't know if this is allowed. But there's this one role I'm workshopping right now that's um, through the road. That's a she's like a an early '30s life coach and Instagram like influencer, and it's such a complicated story, and it deals with the spiritual like commercialism mm. and also like social media and spirituality and social media and wellness. I just find it really interesting. So that's my second okay, Should I put
0: her I, name I, and or the role or should I put the, uh-huh.
2: Oh yeah. Her name's Maggie. And it's in, it's this play called here comes the night.
1: I think I should probably play Blanche Dubois and *Streetcar* oh, because that's she's good. extremely difficult. Um, you know, having read it a bunch, I go, this is hard to do justice without as, as Caitlin says, my goal would not to be make her make her a stereotypical yes. insane southern lady. Yes. I would want I would want her to be someone that would make you cry bitterly. Um, love it. I saw someone do a Glass Menagerie once where Amanda, the mother who mostly everyone hates in that production, like she's a horrible witch yes. of a mom. Yeah. The actress made me so sad for mm-hmm. her, you know, and that mm-hmm. is what it should be. You, yes. A love hate thing. Is what I would look for
0: love in it. attacking that role love it okay, what's number three?
2: I don't know <laughs> oh, Steph, can no. you pick one for me Can I pick one for you <laughs> let me think um, um, are there any playwrights you love? I really love Paula Vogel like I would love to do I would love to do um how I, learned how I learned to learned to drive. drive that would be good for but you. that'd be so hard I'm putting it on there <laughs> hard to do I'm putting play. it on there and- or Carol something by Carol Churchill. Yeah. Well, what do you you think? Do you want me to put uh, How
0: I Learned to Drive on there? Well, we can do that. Sure. What's the role?
1: I forget. It's okay.
0: How I Learned to Drive. I forget. We'll call it Mary Louise Parker's part. (laughs) Totally. Um, Oh, nice. That actually says a lot, doesn't it? Um, Yes. Yeah. uh, Okay. Also, uh, Stephanie, well done because you basically coaxed it out of Caitlin without actually having to pick anything for her. And I think that was very, uh, very expertly done. (laughs)
1: Yay, yay for me. I play I play a therapist on television. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think my other favorite genre is nineteen thirties comedy. So it would be something Oof. I mean, I've done a lot of them, so either light up the sky or uh, 20th century. I'd like to have a shot at uh, Lily Garland in 20th century again, Great. or anything of that oh, ilk. Yes, yeah. Okay, I'm putting um, Lily because I like to talk. I like to talk very fast and wear 1930s and 40s clothes. <laughs> I could not agree more. I
0: love it. I love yes. it. Fine. Okay, uh, next category. I got to do my food. My one of my faves, the food category. In this universe uh, that we're building here in Mash, nothing has too many calories. Nothing is ecologically irresponsible. Nothing will make you sick if you eat it. Too much of it. Uh you're not allergic Ooh. to anything. Everything is the same. So um oh so three things it can be as specific <laughs> so as you amazing. want, like my grandma used to make this cookie, or it could be cookies. Do you know what I mean? It could be vague or it could be specific, but three things that we're gonna give you to have as much as you want whenever you want and there are no ramifications.
1: Well I will say I used to get this pizza at Tony's Bella Vista in Burbank that went out Aww. of business this year. Um, but it was—I called it crack pizza. Great, because it was—it <laughs> was broccoli and garlic, and I don't like a lot of cheese. But their sauce was killer, so I could eat—I could eat a whole one by myself.
0: Beautiful. Tony's sad. crack pizza. Got it. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: Um, chocolate chip cookie
1: dough. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Ooh. Uh, I would say Porto's dulce
0: de leche cake. Oh, wonderful. Ooh. <laughs>
1: I obviously um, like
0: food a lot. Oh, I know. <laughs> Please, that's why this is such a fun category for everybody.
2: Um, Heath bars. Mine are all sweet. Uh, I love it. I love it. <gasps> no sea salt and vinegar chips. Okay. Okay. Sea salt and vinegar chips.
1: And I'll say warm sourdough bread with butter. Oh hell's yeah! Uh, now I'm hungry. You I guys. know. I know. I should have saved this for last.
0: <laughs> sourdough. <laughs>
2: I want like a burger on a brioche bun right now is what I really want. That just sounds really good. Okay. So listen, you thought
0: it was going to be all sweet, but instead you have one sweet and two savory. How about that? there we go
2: it, i feel like that's more in line with my it personality transformed too. It transformed <laughs> in the moment
0: um okay great uh next category uh, let's do three movies that you can jump into and you're not you're not a character you're not enacting a role it's not about that it's really just about the immersion of the world that you're going into and the way it makes you feel
2: legally blonde amazing.
1: forever amazing <laughs> So you mean just that we could turn it on at any time mm-hmm. and
0: be in Yeah, it. you're like, "You know okay. what? I really oh, want to wow. go and be like at Harry Potter's school for wizards and no one's going to look at me weird." Oh shit. Well, <laughs> Harry Potter That would be awesome. Harry Potter. Oh no. <laughs> that, amazing. that will be my choice, Harry Potter. Great.
2: Give me two more. Ooh. Okay, this is so weird. This isn't even a sh- this isn't even a movie. It's a show. But I really want to be in like the magic sc- Miss Frizzle's magic school bus. Oh, okay, great. Oh. That goes like everywhere. Right. Like in the body. yeah, I will say
0: that that we can extend a uh, movie to mean basically yeah a show, TV show, etc. Yeah, Miss Frizzle's great.
1: I saw Aliens twenty six times, so I guess we'll. Aliens. Oh my God, I yeah. love your boldness
0: in picking aliens, but I also feel like that is one of that is definitely in my top ten movies. Cool. It is so good. Yeah, I've actually never seen. It's it. really oh scary. Oh
2: my God! <laughs> it's scary. Like oh my shit. God! Well, well, I don't like scary. scary movies. It is very scary. I will say, oh. it's very scary. But it's
0: so good. Yeah, I love it. I love you as Ellen Ripley uh, in, in, in Sun Universe for <laughs> sure, uh, Stephanie. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then too. what's your third one for each of you? Third movie, show, TV show that you can go in and just be there, interact with the characters or. I you know, can't remember places.
1: the title. What was the movie with Olivia Coleman that came out last year? The, the favorite? The favorite.
2: Oh, great. Oh, and like being in France and
1: the castles great. and insanity. And insanity. <laughs> yes. And bunny rabbits. <laughs>
2: Mm. my I probably would want to go into like some sort of like an old Hollywood like uh, all about Eve Mm -hmm. but like even though that's like creepy but like just to be in the glam or like stage door there we go I think that stage door that captures
0: all all the stuff that you're looking for I think that's great that's great okay okay Uh, next category let's do uh, three Let's do. Th- well, listen, I'm going to do this. This is our MASH game. So, all due respect to any respective partner that you may have and be enjoying in your life right now. Uh, <laughs> this is MASH. So, we got to get three alternate universe uh, love affairs. It can be, you know, mm. uh, a famous actual person. It can be a character from a book. It can be a cartoon. It can be. I mean, I guess, like, maybe not, like, a food label. I would say stay away from, like, a Chef Boyardee. But um, but pretty much the sky's the <laughs> limit. You know, it could be, like, Robert Redford, Circa, blah, blah, blah.
1: David Tennant. David Beautiful. Tennant. Beautiful.
2: David Tennant. He is so. <laughs> we talked about this the other day. Yeah, Adam Driver. But honestly, Adam Driver yeah. and girls. Oh, I'm that person.
0: It's real. I'm sorry. Uh, he, listen, he. That was a real uh, uncomfortable thing for many people to go like. Wait a minute. Am I also a person who feels like he's the sexiest person in the world and is like jumping out of the show yeah. as if he's in the room with me? You are not alone. Yes, uh, Adam are. Driver he's and girls. Great. So good. Fantastic.
1: I don't know. I did say last time it was Idris Elba and Daniel Craig, and I was like, "I'm all into the British dudes." What is my issue here? <laughs> How about Robert Downey
2: Jr.? Oh, great. Oh hell yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna just double down on my suburban <laughs> just ridiculousness and be like Ryan Gosling in the Notebook. Oh, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> build Gosling. me a hot Build me a room overlooking the river right. That's where right. I can paint. That's the
1: best movie ever. I am totally blanking. Do you have one right now, Caitlin, while my brain is chugging away?
2: Oh. Um, I, would, I would have an office romance with Jim Halpert. He's Great. another one of mine. With uh, John Krasinski. I'm putting John Jim because you
0: definitely said Jim, not, it's one my, not Jim. Chris, yeah. It's Jim. Perfect. It's Jim yep. Halpert. Yep. Face it. Face it. <laughs> You're facing it. I'm going to say
1: i'm like stuck in marvel movies in my head all of a sudden and so
0: why and why Um, did you decide to deny uh, your love to both idris and daniel craig you felt that that because you had because i felt like i
1: was being i was being elitist with all these brit dudes Listen, this is your (laughs) well that's what
0: you're into Steph. i am okay let it be rob down june in there he's about the least british person i can think of all right we're gonna put idris idris is going in there great Great. There we go. Great. Yeah. Don't deny yourself. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Next category. <laughs> let's do uh, three skills that you wish you could wake up tomorrow with and you've sort of downloaded Matrix style. Like, oh, I know oh, Kung man. Fu or oh, oh I can man. fix a car or whatever. Oh, shit.
2: I want to be able to play anything on guitar. Anything I want. I want to be able to
1: understand and take apart and utilize every aspect of a computer. Oh, my
2: God. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I want to. I also want to play the piano masterfully. Mm-hmm. Wow! It would fix everything.
0: I
1: want to be able to work out without hurting myself and become <laughs> become like a real uh, sinewy muscle maiden. I'm
0: right there with you. I feel like every yeah. time I do something, I'm like, God, I'm strong. Ow! 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 Yep. What have I done to my back? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. No. And I also want to be a straight up master craftsman like contractor oh, one yeah. and be able to build like a house <gasps> neato that's that's good like
1: electricity yeah. plumbing
2: yeah. crown molding sheetrock,
1: the whole deal yeah i would like to uh, completely master mindfulness mm-hmm. in yeah With respect to my work and auditions in particular and also just creating reality because I do feel like we do that, but I feel like Mm. we do it unconsciously a lot and I want to have total mindfulness. Love it. Mm. Love it. Beautiful.
0: Okay. Uh let's do oh you you were brought this up and it made me think of uh, that I share your love of other eras and styles and stuff. So let's do and again there can totally be crossover. There's not like so many eras that you guys are like, you you took the twenties, I can't have the twenties. Um let's do three <laughs> eras, uh, that it would be really fun to just be able and let's assume everything is the same level of comfort, whether it's a corset or a pair of sweatpants, everything is comfortable. Okay. Uh three styles. So we're talking clothing. Yeah, so three styles it would be okay. really fun to just sort of play around with um, and no one would look at you weird even if you were walking down the street wearing like the queen's oh. you know a, the queen's crown and a, and a crazy huge dress or whatever
1: I would go Victorian first great I, I love uh, corsets it's, it's very weird but I did a lot of Shakespeare so I, I really enjoy the support they give and it doesn't bother me at all nice. so Victorian era Great.
2: I'd love to be in like 70s garb with like no bra, great. like a lot more often than is acceptable. Great, great, great. And I, lo- I love the
1: 40s because of the suits with the big shoulder no, pads and the hats. I love hats. Yes. I have about 100 hats in my house, which is weird.
0: <laughs> the top hat in high school gave us a clue that that might be the case. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. Oh. I know every time I see a smart little 40s suit with a nipped waist and big shoulders, I'm like, <sighs> yes, please.
2: It makes everyone look amazing. Yeah. Everyone. Yep. Yes. I would say 30s also because I just did Bus Stop, gosh, two years ago. And I played Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe's character nice. and just wearing those like little tight dresses and all that like pointy boobs and everything. Great. Super fun. All my fashion choices revolve around <laughs> boobs. But <With> such <laughs> and different I would boobs. Have to,
1: yeah. <laughs> the 50s are great too. I like the little... Dresses mm. that flare out and mm-hmm. the gloves and the pillbox hats. Beautiful. I feel like almost every era has better clothing than we I do know. right now.
0: I know. <laughs> it's sad. I know. When you start breaking right it down, sucks. you're like,
2: oh. Caitlin, what oh. about you? What's your last <laughs> one? You know, I would like to go back to the early 90s and actually get jelly oh shoes Amazing. because I never had Very them. Oh, Great. <laughs> My mom was like, those are not practical <laughs> for your feet. I definitely have memories <laughs> of right. like
0: just my feet being so sweaty, like thinking that jellies were going to make my feet feel very cool. And instead, somehow, especially like in Tucson, um, somehow they were so oh, oh yeah, so sweaty, just slimy. And God knows what they
1: were made out of I know, too. They were probably bleaching. Yeah. <laughs>
0: turns out they were radioactive okay uh okay uh okay so next category three places in the world even if you haven't been there yet just as sort of the fantastic idea of what they might bring for you uh or places that you know very well three places that you would love to have a vacation home
1: paris great paris easy Mm.
2: oregon on a river great uh big island oh yep Mm. yeah i'm gonna say hawaii too can I you do that? You certainly may. You can be
0: next door to me.
2: But on Kauai. <laughs> never okay. mind.
0: I guess you won't be neighbors. You're going to have to hover I'll over each I'll wave at you. Keep
2: playing, sea plane. You can take a little boat <laughs> That's to <right>. my island.
1: <laughs> I love, I mean, Manhattan, I'm, I miss it. It's in terrible trouble mm. right now, but it would be New York City. Yep.
2: And I've never been there, but I have family and history there, so... It would be cool to be part of that more. So Spain. Beautiful. beautiful. Okay, great.
0: And then our final category... Ooh, what do I want to give for you guys? Okay, this is where I put a lot of pressure on myself. Let's do all, okay, so let's do <laughs> I like this one. And this feels right for the fact that we have been um, confined to home. So let's do there's a there's a magical door in, in your home. Um, so it takes up zero extra square footage. Mm. Uh, but you can open it up and you go into a room. Uh, that serve some sort of purpose for you whether it's a meditation room or it's a forest or it's a oh. craft room or you know as practical or as fantastical as you would like three three special magical rooms uh that we're going to attach to your home oh wow i love that <laughs> uh,
1: pine pine forest for sure i actually have a pine pillow i smell it's
2: nice <laughs> because i love the smell I would love to have a recording studio with an engineer that just there lives in you there, go. <laughs> oh, and they're ready that's anytime right. I want to record that's right. <laughs> with all the equipment set up. Perfect. I
1: think a, a dance hall. Oh, nice! That's awesome. With a DJ, I that's
0: guess. great. If we get if we get added, yeah. Used. If somebody just lives in there and comes to life when you come in, yeah.
2: I w- I'm gonna second that and say I want a room that opens up into funky soul. Uh, uh, the nice. Echo. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I would say finally a thoroughly organized craft and sewing room. Mm-hmm. Great.
2: I want a giant bathtub. Great. <laughs> with salt water
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh wonderfully played ladies okay okay caitlin i'm gonna get your you know how to play mash yeah so you know i gotta do a little squiggle uh here to get your results um so just for just for the next couple of seconds just wait and then when you get the feeling tell me when to stop starting now
2: okay stop
0: and then let's do the same thing for you stephanie starting now Mm -hmm. stop okay All right, I'm going to do some calculations. It's probably easier if we don't um, stop recording just because then you know the sync will be off so what I'd love to start with is just have uh, you guys kind of reiterate where to find the show if you want to also talk about stuff at the road obviously I know a lot of theaters uh, festivals and live events are um, really on hold right now if there's any kind of fundraising going on or anything you want to say about uh, about that, that space but also please again uh, give us some information about the show and how to watch it um, and, then, and then if we still have time left to over, we'll just sit in awkward silence that my wonderful producer Julian will uh, edit out anyway. So <laughs> while I finish this up, right. I don't want to get oh, anything we'll just wrong. Fill in this it up, game. Uh, okay? So I'm <laughs> yeah, turning yeah. it over to you
2: for the moment, ladies. Okay, you go, Caitlin. You can watch our show Therapy with Pammy on Facebook and YouTube, and it's spelled Therapy at with Pammy P A M I. Yes, she spells this her name very
1: uniquely. Pammy P A M I. And let's see, you can find uh, us both on Instagram. I am Stephanie underscore herb underscore official. And also she's official. I'm official. And uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Herbness and Caitlin.
2: I'm Caitlin underscore Huey, K-A-I-T-L-I-N underscore Huey, H-U-W-E. I'm doing a lot of home renovation on my Instagram right now, and Stephanie has titled my HGTV show... Renault and rose, where I renovate something and then I drink rose, and sometimes I do it at the same time. So I love it. It Sounds like
1: fun to me. I know, right?
2: (laughs) One night I got really drunk and painted the ceiling, and I like Instagrammed the whole thing. It was kind of a disaster. (laughs) I realized I I never spell out my last name. That's very smart of you
1: because nobody, it's a weird last name. So I'm Stephanie, S T E P H A N I E, and herb e r
0: b that is important thank you for saying that yeah
1: yes (laughs) urbaness okay uh what else and our theater company is the road it's the road org. and if you want to donate to them i'm sure they are accepting donations right now because we are on hold pretty much except for a few playwriting readings
2: yeah so it's still some work happening in development and it looks like we're gonna have our yearly summer playwrights festival online Online. okay which is cool we do 38 staged readings or around 30 to 40 staged readings of new plays in eight days but i think we're going to do it over the weekend this year just find the details on the website it's really cool you get to hear a lot of new plays and probably the one i talked about earlier and
1: caitlin do you want to tell about your how to find your music
2: Oh, yeah. You can just find me on YouTube or Bandcamp or Spotify. I have two singles out on Spotify and a bunch of stuff up there on Bandcamp from years past. My music videos and covers and little fun videos I'll post to my YouTube channel just under Caitlin Huey. So you can find it there.
1: And my future shorts are going to be called... Our short smirks—they're called, which is very hard to say quickly many times. Short <laughs> smirks. Uh, we have a wall up on Facebook and editing by the famous Michael. Is happening right now, and they're looking pretty fun. Nice. So I can't wait to put those up. I can't wait to uh, see. That's them. great.
0: That's great. I love that you guys just are making so much stuff and making the world better for it. Um, uh, that worked out perfectly timing wise. I've just wrapped up uh, my computations for both of you. I'm very <laughs> you excited say? to to share with you. I think probably what I will do is start with one of you, um, so that I can build this image rather than flipping back and forth for you guys. So Stephanie, I'm going to start with you because I happen to be holding yours okay. over the other. Uh, you. I'm very excited to tell you that you have a beautiful house in manhattan no small feat no small feat to have a full house in on the island of manhattan wow. um complete with a uh what you will have there but also what you have here a fantastic craft room sewing room organized Spacious, beautiful. Um, you, have, uh, you have that here with zero extra square footage. You do also have it in your beautiful home in Manhattan. Uh, when you uh, want to take a break even from that, um, you can also dive into the wonderful, wild and beautiful world of The Favourite whenever oh. you want you uh, you can also so I assume that you get to play with the clothes in the favorites so let's say you also got all Ooh. of those clothes because obviously you're going to be wearing them when you're inside of the favorite but you also get to enjoy the fantastic fashion of the 50s whenever you want um, no one will bat on an eyelash it will be appropriate in all situations uh, maybe you're making some of that stuff in your craft uh, and sewing room I, I must assume that you must um, I want you to know <laughs> that uh, no matter what you're wearing no matter how tight the corset you can still have a much warm fresh sourdough bread with butter as you want because Ooh. it contains oh. <laughs> zero negative side effects um Yay. so congrats on that you uh play a hell of a macbeth so wow. well done there uh you have mastered mindfulness and in particular in wow. your work sort of audition reality uh, and you are enjoying all of this with almost didn't make the list, Idris Elba. Oh, I bet you're glad God. you decided to include him after all. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. that is your MASH future.
2: <laughs>
0: Not bad, that's fabulous. Pretty, yeah, Not pretty lousy. I love this stuff. game.
2: This game is like so. <laughs> I like it, I love it. <laughs>
0: Caitlin, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, great. You have, now this is sort of funny because, you know, we sort of don't necessarily picture this as being an apartment, but you do have an, an apartment on in Oregon uh, on a wow. river. I don't know how that all fits in, but maybe it's like some of those places in beautiful ski towns in Colorado where it's like you're above a bakery. Maybe um, like a
2: tiny home. Yeah, it's a little beautiful,
0: <laughs> perfect tiny home. Uh, you're going to spend all your time outside d- roaming through the beautiful forest by the river anyway. So um, you got your little apartment there. You have. Also, uh, the ability to jump in, or should I say, on to the old frizzle bus, as I like to call it. Oh my god, amazing! (laughs) (laughs) You also are a phenomenal piano player, a master at it. Um, I don't know that that's going to be super necessary as you return to the stage to play Kate in Taming of the Shrew, but uh, (laughs) certainly those skills uh, very much exist for you. You also are able to get your groove on whenever you want because here you have your uh, magical door that takes you right into uh, some funky times at the Echo. Um, Ooh. complete with DJ you can uh, I want to see you enjoying some of those fabulous early 90s clothes and jellies um, we're going to make those jellies very very safe for you uh, <laughs> yes. it, 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 whenever you want you can um, uh, there's a lot of action going on here Kate is a very active role you're playing piano you're on the magic bus you're tromping around organ you're d- dancing you're going to get very hungry I want you to know you can have unlimited hamburgers on brioche buns zero ramifications oh god, to your wow. body or the world uh
2: now we're talking yeah yeah
0: and you are uh enjoying all of this with a person that i'm very sure would very much enjoy all of this which is orion gosling from the notebook oh my god
2: <laughs> <laughs> best life ever yep
0: so, that is your MASH future, ladies. I thank you so much for doing the podcast. Mm. It's such a treat to have you both on at the same time. I'm so glad this worked out timing wise. Um, yes, everybody, so everybody. Yeah, my pleasure. And everyone, you have information on uh, the show to check out. So, that leaves us with uh, saying goodbye. And for me, saying goodbye for now to our listeners.
2: Ladies, thank you again. Thank, thank, you, thank you so, you so much, much for having us, Janet. This was the best. This so was so fun wonderful. to relive
1: our adolescence with you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, what a wonderful Friday in quarantine. Uh, I know. <laughs>
0: just <Yeah>. another <laughs> just another Friday in the teen. Nope, nope. I yeah. never should have said it once, yeah. shouldn't have said it twice. Alright, cool. Well, w- one more time. <laughs> yeah. Happy teening, everybody. Yeah,
2: you happy too. teening
0: The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing Say Hi.